do 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 da 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 do 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 Happy Friday, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 5 of The Art of Performers. It has been a crazy and productive week, with lots to look forward to. Personally, I'm wrapping up the last week of rehearsals for my main stage performance of Into the Woods, and gearing up for Tech Week, something that I have greatly missed, but is always stressful. In life, we have good stresses and bad stresses, and most of putting together a performance is good stress. Outside of a few minor, major changes, we have continued to fundraise, advertise, and coordinate the details of our upcoming show in order to ensure the safety of all of our performers and guests. If you're in the Atlanta area and would like to see Creative Artists Theatrical Studios' inaugural production of Into the Woods, we would love to have you join us. I have ticket info in my bio for both our main stage production coming up and our high school production the following week. I would say shameless plug, but honestly, I'm so proud of my casts and all the work they've been putting into their show, so I don't really think I'd call it a plug so much as a joyful announcement. I'm also super excited to debut Cats to the World. I started this community theater with a focus on defying prohibitive casting and showing off talent that might otherwise not be discovered, and I hope all of my actors get some real exposure and opportunities from their performances there. On a larger scale, the performing arts community ended the week with a march on Broadway, as performers gathered in Columbus Circle to fight for equity, visibility, and inclusion. Among their demands were inclusion and accessibility for deaf and disabled artists, inclusion for trans and non-binary artists, as well as transparency regarding the organizations that the Actors Equity Association will be working with to help indigenous peoples, the black community, and people of color feel safer. Essentially, real proof of what is being done to emphasize diversity on Broadway. They also called for the removal of Scott Rudin from the Broadway League, in a major step to create an abuse-free environment on Broadway. These are all incredibly important issues that need to be addressed across the board, whether it's in community theater like Cats or on the Great White Way. Treating every person with respect and equality is non-negotiable, and we are finally making moves to fix it. Seeing empathy spread among people in the industry is such an incredible piece of modern history, and while I couldn't be there to march with my fellow actors, my guest today made sure to. Karan Kumar is one of my favorite people to ever share a stage with, and also just in life. He is an incredible artist. As a versatile and dynamic actor and an aspiring filmmaker, his talents are many. He also has a beautiful heart, a gift for understanding the human condition, and a fantastic sense of humor. His curiosity, empathy, and passion for the arts make him unstoppable, and he has some very creative projects coming up that are going to change the game. I'm calling it right now. He's on the verge of something huge. In this episode, we talk about his inspirations, goals, and plans, along with some of the things that drive him to advocate for his fellow creatives in the industry. I have so much admiration for him, and I can't wait to share his experiences with you. So, let's jump in as Karan and I discuss staying curious, the power of perspective, and what it's like to be a part of a very real change. Let's go! 
I am so excited to have you on with me. We have so much to talk about. So will you please tell our listeners when you started performing and what your aha moment was when you knew this is what you wanted to do? Yes. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I am so excited to be here. Yes, to answer your question, it all started in elementary school. We used to do these things, you know, where we perform the holiday showcase and we all like sing Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer or we all had to perform in Macbeth. You know, it's mandatory to be a part of it. Every time I would be terrible at it, just <laughs> absolutely awful. I would, I would smile. I would never remember the lines. I wouldn't say the lines, even if I did remember them. And the whole time I would just smile and just stare at my mom i look for her and i just like stare at her and i just smile you know honestly things haven't changed that much i still just look for my mom and smile all the time so uh, but i I was really bad at it and i really didn't want to perform and then um in high school some friends jokingly uh signed me up for theater freshman year and I went and I made more friends and I used it as an outlet to to just hang out with my friends and, you know, not go back home and not have to worry about any responsibilities and stuff like that. And little did I know that it started this creative spark in me and I would want to carry it through. In high school, I really wanted to explore physics and math. You know, that's what I thought I wanted to do. Yeah. And then I started loving theater and performing and just I started going to the movies more because you know when I was a kid I was never like I never really watched Hollywood movies or um, anything like that I would just play video games I never watched anything but mm-hmm. then I finally started watching them I started catching up on these like classics like Star Wars and I was just like so engulfed in everything I was like do I really want to pursue physics do I really want to do math and then I had to really like think about it come like senior year and I found out that I wanted to make like a difference, you know, I wanted to like spread curiosity, you know, and make people think about like where we are in the universe and, and all of these other things. And, um, so I was like very much leaning towards the sciences more than theater, but then I was told something by somebody that was special to me that one of my performances really made them think about their families and rethink about some of the social issues that are going on. And I was like, oh, I did that through a performance, through acting. And then I was like, wait, that happens all the time. Whenever I watch theater, I always think about these things. I think about other people and their lives, and I always end up more empathetic because of it and that was probably the moment where I was like I can make an actual difference by performing by acting by being in the arts and without even people realizing it, I can make them think about important issues and make them think about maybe even non-important issues just make them think about their families or or make them think about how life will be okay you know how the little moments with their friends are what we should cherish and all of these things. And when I realized that, I was like, all right, fine, I'm going all in. And I haven't looked back since. That's very existential of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. 
<laughs> very uh, sciencey of me, right? Yeah, well, I think it's just amazing. You know, every single person has a different place that their love for performing comes from. And you have a goal for yourself at that age. I mean, that's a young age to have such a big goal to want to make people think and experience and understand where they exist in the universe. And as a performer, you get to do exactly that, but just in a completely different way. Exactly, exactly. And also, like, the place in the universe, like, in physics, I've been taught that, you know, our lives are kind of, like, pointless. Like, if you zoom out far enough, like, we are just a tiny, insignificant, unimportant dot. But but also, at the same time, our universe is what we give importance to, you know? And everybody's universe is different. So if we can make them a little bit happier in their own universe and make them perhaps even expand it a little bit to to accommodate others, then, you know, it's a win for all of humanity in general. Yeah. So what has your personal performing arts journey been like so far? And who have been some of your biggest influences, mentors, or guides? You know, zooming out on my career from nothing to where it is now, it's like, a steady uphill climb, you know, but if you like zoom in on any one moment, you can see all these like little bumps, like just anywhere you go. And they could be anything. They could be like little holes just filled with pressure from my family, you know, self-doubt and money, you know, all these things that come with being an artist. It's felt hard no matter what stage I'm in. Mm-hmm. But um looking back i'm always grateful for where i am now i feel like i'm on the right path and further along in my career and um making the right moves but it's it never gets easier that's for sure oh yeah definitely and you've got some all over the place experience i mean you've done you're doing television you've got film you have theater i mean you've had a, a lot so you've kind of experienced all the sort of bumps and bruises along the way as you're pursuing that path. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I also found a love of cinema and like creating cinema and making my own stuff. And that has definitely helped, but it's also not made it uh, any easier <laughs> to do what I want to do, you know? Yeah. It just added another thing. In terms of like who's inspired me along the way, I feel like my professors have definitely inspired me the most. In college, that's where I kind of like took a step back from acting. Mm-hmm and started to focus more on the skills sets I needed to write and direct and produce any form of content that I would want to. And one of my professors, like all of them are great, but Dien Vo, uh, he was a, a beautiful, beautiful man. And I'm saying was as in, not, not that he's gone from this earth, he just went to a different college. <laughs> He still is a beautiful, beautiful man, all right? All right. But he was also a beautiful, beautiful man. And he inspired me because he he always pushed me. He he never let me be comfortable. You know, I've I've always been like someone who listens to my gut mm-hmm. and and always always go that way and he took that and he developed it in a way that I didn't think was possible. He told me that I should listen to my gut but but not not always, like always question it. And that, that kind of like comes back to the always 
being curious mindset that um, physics taught me, mm-hmm. but um, he taught me that I should not doubt myself, but try to find a different way to do something. He always pushed me to to do better, you know, right. never be comfortable, never be um, just complacent. I feel like as everything. creators, we're constantly pushing ourselves to think outside the box, especially mm-hmm. with challenges or anything that is, you know, like new that kind of comes our way or when we need to create something that hasn't been created before or do it in a different way or, you know, you approach something and you have a like a bias toward it already or, you know, you're apprehensive about doing something. It's the best teachers who tell us to look at it from a different perspective and step outside of what we already know. You know, yes, apply the things that we know, but also... Go with your gut instinct and look to your inner creativity and figure out a like a better way to do that or to create or to be different. Exactly, exactly, and that's that's always hard too because you know you're you want to be comfortable, like like stick with whatever you're trying to say, but you can say it in a more like meaningful way with somebody else's perspective. You know, don't mm-hmm. be comfortable in your own lane, type of deal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's what makes a good storyteller too is someone who can look at a different perspective than our own and say, you know, okay, for me, this is X, but for you on the other side or someone whose shoes I have not walked in, how are you going to experience this? How are you going to take this in? And what does it mean to you? Which again, goes back to your metaphor of zooming away because you're able to see so many different people in your universe itself. And when you're creating and when you're curating for other people, you get to consider all those people. Exactly, exactly. So Greta Gerwig, she can be like Lady Bird and Little Women. Mm-hmm. And she's like acted in so many things. I love her. I absolutely adore her. And I just love how far she's come. When she made Lady Bird, that was like completely based off of her, her life, mm-hmm. at least um, the majority of it. And it still doesn't feel like it is Greta herself, even though it's based off of her life. She, she found a way to tell it so that anyone can relate like I a Indian man related to a white girl mm-hmm. and and her struggles with her family and her struggles with with ambition and poverty and I was very much able to just relate to that and the fact that she was able to tell a story so so vividly and so um, differently you know it kind of inspires you to, to push your own limits and see how far you can go and who else you can reach. You're right. She's so relatable. Like, I feel like she's relatable to anyone who's taking in her work, whether it is something classic like Little Women, which has been around forever, right? And told in a bunch of different ways, but never oh, yeah. in such a way that she did where you feel like you know them and you can find yourself in them or like ladybird where yeah it's autobiographical but you find yourself in that that that's an art for sure yeah exactly exactly and um it's, it's definitely very inspirational to to watch her films and just look at her picture even not yeah. that i have it on my wall or anything if you're <laughs> listening greta i'm not creepy like that don't worry about it <laughs> she's she's amazing at capturing the human experience um and that's something that we we all live is the human experience right we all have our ups and downs and our um Mm -hmm. our wins and our and our challenges and actually on that note i want to ask you about some of the challenges that you have personally faced along this journey 
You know, I feel like I have faced challenges, but every artist definitely faces, like, I feel like we share a, a lot of these challenges, mm-hmm. like, like familial pressure and say we're trying to make it on our own, you know, just money in general, just, um, whether that's um, being able to pay for rent or you got to like give up a social life. Oh no, I can't go to this like vacation with you because I need to grind and everything. Yeah. And uh, my family, my mom and my dad, um, especially they are supportive in, in whatever I do in the sense that like whenever I, I have something to show for it, they're like, Oh wow, you can do it. But before that ever happened, they weren't, they were very like reluctant and against it. And and I totally get it too, you know. They they wanted like something like stable and an easy going life for me, but this is a more fulfilling life. So um, this is the path that I've chosen. It was a lot of work trying to convince them and try to hold up the bonds that we have, you know. Oh yeah. And it at times it did feel like very one sided, and that like definitely like wears down on you just in every aspect of life, especially mentally. Did you feel that way too? Oh yeah. I think that's a universal artist experience. Well, I say universal. Mm-hmm. I think some people, especially people who have families who are in the arts, um, mm-hmm. it's more of a viable path for them. But even like my family personally is split where my parents also were like, you need to have something that is stable, something that you're going to be able to make money from and have a a career to support yourself. But on, you know, my mom's sister, she's an artist. And, um, I last season talked to two of my aunts who were artists and having them be like, this is such an integral part of who I am. and, And there's a reason I pursued it is wonderful, but I know that they also feel those artist pains. And so they're like, but you're going to experience this. It's something that we all go through when we're trying to make our way. And I feel like it's that need to prove yourself, not only to those people who told you, well, maybe, maybe something more stable because they want what's best for you or to yourself who is like, this is what I love. This is what consumes me. But at the same time, is it, (laughs) am I going to be okay? Like, am I going to live off this? exactly exactly like this is what i enjoy doing when i get to do it but will i be able to get to do it often enough you know Mm -hmm. especially when i started i started in like 2013 is when i started i guess professionally doing it and trying to like go out there make a name for myself especially back then there was a lot of typecasting going on like a, a lot of typecasting and now it's better for sure which i i do like but um I remember I started off doing background work and I was called to be a, I, most of the background roles I got, I never got like a, just like a, somebody walking down the street, somebody just eating at a cafe and especially none of the upscale high end ones. It was always like, Oh, you're at a mosque. You're at a Hindu temple. Mm-hmm. You're, you're begging on the street. You're doing, um, all of these like kind of like demeaning roles, you know, these lower class roles, and and that's that's fine and all, but if that's like the only thing that these casting agents saw me as, that was kind of a problem, you know. Mm-hmm. And this one time in particular, I was called by a casting agent to portray a terrorist, and 
I told them no. And they're like, okay. They called back and they were like, hey, we're going to give you some more money and stuff like that. And I was like, I started thinking about it because I was like, well, you know, I do need the money and all these things. And, um, but I said no again. And then, um, they call back and they started explaining the plot a little bit more. They're like, you know, this is what happens. You know, it's like an integral part of the show. And I kind of understand it. Like if you step back, you're able to see that like everybody's has to play the part. Everybody has to play a villain. Right. And so I accepted in that sense because I thought I would be part of something larger, you know, watching it. I, I don't know if that was the best idea because just the way things have gone for, for people of color in general. I don't know if I would ever like do something like that again, but that is, uh, what, what I signed up for, I guess, being in this industry. I, I just find that so, I'm struggling to find the word for it. It is emotionally overwhelming. And I say this being a blonde haired, blue eyed white woman, and (laughs) my sense of culture my sense of identity my sense of appearance is never looked over in other than I am a blonde-haired blue-eyed white woman who gets plugged in to whatever um I personally have never been judged for looking like a certain ethnicity or a culture. So that is a problem right there is the fact that I haven't um, and that so many other people have. And seeing someone reduced to not their talent but what they can look like they can represent is such a staple of our lack of understanding as an industry and one that I really hope continues to change and I do think people are starting to be more aware of the decisions they're making in casting but that is so sensitive yeah it does hurt and especially when you do finally get like something that you think is going to be normal you know just a normal role and then you go in and you perform it and you say oh hey Mark hey, how's your day you know oh you want to grab some coffee later and then they look at you and they say uh could you do it with an accent I'm like Oh, okay. Uh, sure. I don't have an accent, but I, I guess I could. Mm-hmm. And um, I do it, and they're like, okay, great. Thank you. That's what we wanted. I'm like, this is, even though the character is obviously an American in in this world, and it's it just feels like they they need an accent just, just so they can meet their quota of people of color in their, right. their shows or... Or movies. I know exactly. I know exactly. I can picture it. Like I'm thinking of like 15 roles that I know in my head where I'm like, that's not their accent. They don't sound like that. They why is that necessary? Exactly. Exactly. And and there's nothing wrong with accents for sure. There there definitely isn't. But sure. um, even even with actors that have accents, like from wherever, they can also play other accents, like such as an American accent, which is considered neutral, I suppose. Yeah, that's standard. But that's so true. I mean, there is something to having a versatility, but not just 
to have one to have one <laughs> just because it makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, I think it's so refreshing seeing creators like Mindy Kaling who are shifting a narrative and actually giving stories to people of color and not just mm-hmm. because like, oh, this calls for that kind of role, but because it's so important to experience that human experience across the board. Everyone's a person. Everyone is a main character. Everyone is the center of a story. Exactly. And like a good question to ask if you're writing or casting or producing something is who, who am I doing this for? Who am I putting an accent on this character for? Mm-hmm. Who am I, am, am I doing it for the people that will, the little boys and girls that will, relate to this character or am I doing it for the the people say in the Midwest who won't be comfortable if this character doesn't have an accent right which is teaching xenophobia constantly exactly yeah. exactly when you're so, writing and when you're creating your own stories is that I mean I'm sure that's something that you take into consideration of course but does it inform your decisions when you're forming characters or the people that you're centering your stories around Yes, yes. Oh, oh, for sure. I I do try to go out of my way to write characters that I don't personally identify with. Mm -hmm. And I also want to do them justice, right? So there's this like weird line where I don't know this, the firsthand experiences and struggles of this particular character or why they would struggle in that way. So what right do I have to write about it? But also... As a writer, I should never just be comfortable just writing about my own firsthand experiences. I need to go out and research, learn, talk to people, and figure out what their struggles are and be able to put that in a form of art and be able to display it for other people to relate to, you know, not just one specific type of person. Like, all people can relate to it, and they can learn and empathize from it so yes i definitely try to go out of my way and make myself better by writing others like other characters and other other races and other genders and sexual identities yeah etc i completely love that i think that putting the right storytellers in a in a place where they can and taking those things into consideration Hopefully, we'll imprint on the other ones, and but especially as we have young storytellers and young creators, not just performers, performers, but also the creators, as they're learning to be more empathetic, it's so important for them to have examples of taking those things into consideration and creating art with those things in mind. But that needs to be the norm. It doesn't need to be exceptional. It needs to be the norm. Yeah. But right now, it is exceptional. So it's wonderful that you're doing that work. Um, I hope that (laughs) I'm not saying I hope the stuff you're doing becomes more like mundane. I'm just saying I hope it becomes something that we live by. uh, And it's more like a moral code. Yes. Yes. It's a a necessary yet rare um, occurrence. But I I hope it's not rare. (laughs) I hope it becomes more common. Yeah. Speaking of those things, this last year has been such a challenge for all of us, but has definitely given us a lot to think on as we rebuild, like what we were just talking about for sure, both individually and as a society. So in addition to that, what are some of the changes that you would like to see happening in the industry going forward? Yes, we have touched on, on representation in, in terms of um, 
on-screen representation and on-stage representation. So um, more people can be, more people can feel seen and and heard, and that's very important. But there's also this this rampant like problem in 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 all industries, but especially entertainment, where there's just like sexual predators just nestled at the top of of the the ivory towers and they're just controlling everything and they're taking advantage of of all these young women like so many so many young women and also young men but so many women and it's disgusting and that that needs to change and and people are um are getting inspired by the courage of others speaking out which is great and um they should do so when they're comfortable if they can ever be comfortable with that, which is a you know terrible thing to ask someone to be comfortable with, right? Yeah. And these people, they they like prey off the ambitions and, and the dreams of these young people that want to work in the industry that have this passion for it, and they just take advantage of it. And there's this thought, this very innocent thought that that I need to you know take some heat. To make it in the industry, you know, I need to, I'll, I'll have to put in the work mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll be taken advantage of a little bit, you know, oh, I'll have to work extra hours, unpaid hours and stuff. But like sexual assault is never, is never okay. And that is not something you need to experience to, to make it in the industry. And I feel like it's been just normalized and, and I'm just so proud of all these people just coming out and speaking out about it and and all these like brothers and sisters that we have in the industry that um, whether they've experienced it or not, just speaking out and, and calling out these terrible people, especially in the, in the film industry. Of course, there's the, the Weinsteins and the, and the Spaceys and all these like nasty people. But then, but then even in theater, you know, there's like Scott Root, there's a protest on him happening um, this week, mm-hmm. which uh, I'm excited to join. And it's being led by uh, Natalie Randall and Courtney Daniels. And I'm happy that things are changing and that the spotlight is shining in the right direction on these nasty fuckers. <laughs> and yeah, and we will we will take them all down. And I am confident that together with our passion that we can build a better Broadway, a better, a better Hollywood, and just a better just world for everyone. Yes, that is beautiful. What a beautiful thing to say. Um, and I completely agree. And I think it puts us in this position, raising awareness, right? Whether it's in person, which, oh my gosh, I love, love that you're going. I wish I could be there. Um, or, you know, <laughs> putting things up online on our platforms, using our voices, elevating others. But we're allies to each other. And that is the most important thing. And I think the biggest role that we can be to one another are allies in any sense, whether it is advocating for other cultures, other races, people who are in a different place than we are, or who have not had as much of an experience as we have, or have not had the equity that we've had, because that's just so unfair. And, and now, yes, with this huge movement, getting rid of predators, getting rid of those horrible adversaries that are in our line of work that almost seem exactly what you just said, almost seem like something 
that we're guaranteed to come across. It's like dues that we have to put in. Um, and gatekeeping and making this place a safer place and a healthier place and a happier place and an accepting place. And it's beautiful. It's a beautiful time that we get to experience all of these things and really be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. I'm excited to be a part of the change. So I want to ask you about what you have going forward, projects you're working on, moves you're hoping to make as a creator and as a performing artist. And also, what have you been up to? Um, <laughs> <laughs> as Well, okay, as a performer, I am excited that I, I did have a little featurette as a guest star on New Amsterdam and that that was like one of my first big things that happened I was so excited about that mm-hmm. um and it, it happened like during the pandemic which was which was crazy but um I want to use that momentum to like carry myself forward and things are starting to open back up auditions are happening and people are starting to create more they've been antsy to create you know and I just think that going forward it's it's going to be hopefully an explosion for everyone in the industry and and maybe I could you know be a little speck of that I'll just carry ride that momentum <laughs> all the way up wherever that carries us but I do have I want to make a film in the next year and whether that's a like long long ass short film or or a short ass long film <laughs> feature <laughs> whatever it is I I do want to make it and um, I do have a story laid out and I think I'm almost ready to start pre-production, and but I hate producing. So <laughs> listen, if there are any producers listening to this right now, this is a call, a bat <laughs> signal. Please help me. <laughs> I swear it's good. It's going to be great. The, the actors will be great. The writing, everything, just, just help me produce. <laughs> You heard it here first. <laughs> if you are interested in producing, here's a project for you. Here's a project for you. <laughs> no, but I, I also, on a, on a smaller scale, I'm excited for all the auditions happening. I'm, like, working with, like, this company to make, like, all these, like, social media commercials for them, like, Coinbase, and, uh, and I'm excited to, like, keep working with them and, like, all these other things. But on a smaller scale, I think um, my social media... I feel the past few years has been curated towards potential directors and casting directors and people that will see it in the industry. But I want to step away from that and like just be myself, you know, and not not think twice about posting whatever I want to post and and have fun with it. Show other people who are looking at it not only my successes but my failures and show the people I love and care about the the causes that I am passionate about. And also, uh, like, maybe I'm, I'll be a little unhinged, you know, who, who cares? <laughs> who cares? I think, I think we need to just stop caring about what other people post and stop caring about what you post for other people, you know? So if you see a nude on my Twitter, don't, <laughs> don't be scared. Just know I am doing well, better than ever even. <laughs> Perfect. All right. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and write that down just in, just in case. <laughs> just in case everything looks like it's gone to hell. <laughs> it's okay, no, guys. No, no. I am doing great. All right. I am doing better than I've ever been doing in my life. And it's for me. It's not for anyone else. I'm posting this nude for me. All right. Thriving. <laughs> Thriving. Yeah. That's a good word. 
<laughs> well, speaking of socials, I want to allow you to promote all of those things on here. Um, so whatever social media and material you'd like to share, whether it's places people can follow for your upcoming projects and your films or uh, TV spots or YouTube or anything else you'd like, where, where should we look for you? Um, you can look for me on Instagram and Twitter. It is at Chronicle. That's K-A-R-A-N-I-C-L-E. If you want to check out my my work, you can check out Dumb Skits on YouTube. Um, you could just type in my name, Karan Kumar, Karan Kumar. I don't care. I I, I don't have an affinity to a, a particular pronunciation. Of my name. <laughs> but um, that you can also find me on Vimeo if you want to see some of the stuff I'm more like I put a little bit more time and effort into. Karan Kumar again, yeah. All right, well, everybody, check out all the amazing things that are coming our way from such an incredible person. I can't wait to see. Yeah, I'm so excited. Thank you so much for having me here. This has been absolutely amazing. Thank you for joining me. This was the best. It's hard to think this eve of parting turns to sand of summer gone when both our minds are warped with parting break the thought of nights alone maybe I should turn in silence tell myself I didn't care Curse the thought of your existence, loving every flaxen hair. Congrats on just everything. I'm so happy for you, you and your life, and I'm so proud of you. Thank you. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. more content like extended cuts, deleted material, and some other exciting fun things like me giggling for way too long, head over to my Patreon page where I've got lots in store for you. You can find that link along with links to the Art of Performers merch and my socials in my Instagram bio. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next Friday.